as women, we're taught to like, you know, do what we got to do, right? Like mm-hmm. figure it out, you know, especially when you're a woman who's good at doing great things. You work hard, you show up, you can learn the stuff, you're willing to put in the work and it can get easy to fall in the trap of doing what you're good at and not really doing what you love to do. And so I always recommend what, that's really why I recommend getting crystal clear on what you want, because if you don't, you'll get into that habit of looking at job descriptions like, oh, I can make this work opposed to does this really align with my career goals and where I see myself and so absolutely I definitely recommend really taking a look at look at not just what you're good at but where you really want to be and what you really would love to do Hi, and welcome to the Raw and Mama podcast, where we discuss life, motherhood, faith, and purpose. I am your mom, friend, and cheerleader. Yes, I said cheerleader, Mary Dupaval. I am excited to have you on here and pray that you leave this episode and every single episode to follow inspired, encouraged, and motivated to step into the fullness of God's purpose for your life. Let's begin. Hey, ladies, today I have the privilege of being joined by Adenola Adeshola, and she is a millennial career strategist. Like, this is a Forbes contributor. She writes, she gets millennials into high paying positions just by reframing the way you think about things, and she helps you land the interviews. In this times, we all want to land interviews. So I have the privilege and I am super excited. Thank you for sitting with us today. Yes, so excited to be here as well. All right. So tell us, how did you start this? This is not something that we see a lot of. So Mm -hmm. how did you become, or at least for me, I've never even like, I think you're the first career strategist that I've ever come across part (laughs) paths with. So how did you dive into this section of the industry of helping millennials land jobs? Yeah. So I always joke and say that I'm my ideal client as far as, you know, I was in my dream job. I landed my dream job three days after graduating college and I was loving it and loving it until I wasn't. So I always joke that it was my dream job until it wasn't. And the reality was I did so much of what I thought I should have been doing as far as like all the job search rules and doing good in school and, you know, applying for the job and everything that I thought I needed to do to get the job that I wanted. And when I did all of that, ended up in a space where I wasn't happy. I was was feeling unfulfilled. I was ready for more. I was feeling a little even lost as far as like, mm. what does the more look like for me? Because I thought that this was the path that I was supposed to be taking. And once I really kind of got out of that um, rut, I was able to realize that I wanted to take my career to the next level. And with that, I was able to use the same job search strategy that I used to get the job that I got three days after graduating college. And so that strategy has kind of been what has carried me through. And people were starting to notice how I was able to just navigate my career and wanted that advice as well on how to land a new job, how to move forward, how to get clear on what you want next when you're not quite sure, especially when you thought what you were doing was supposed to be it. And so through helping them, I began to realize that I had a formula and I had like this roadmap. And that was kind of what allowed me to start doing what I've been able to do now over the last year, like about five years now of helping people in dozens of industries be able to land that dream job in their careers that aligns with who they are, aligns with what they want and where they really feel like they can make that impact and get that value out of their careers as well. 
Wow. So your experience birthed this purpose out of you. Perfectly said. (laughs) (laughs) And what was that thing? You said you were in your job until you realized you were in the job that you love until it wasn't. What were the signs that were just like, man, I don't think I want to be here? Because I think for a lot of us, Mm -hmm. we stay even when we get those signs, you know, those signs of, man, I'm not, I'm not sure. What were those signs for you? Yeah. So I was in a place where, again, like it was my dream job. I knew right away before graduating college, that I was going to go into PR and I was like tunnel visioned and I had already listed out like the top companies that I wanted to work at. And so this was on my list. And so going into that company, I was working at the global, in the global chairman's office. It was a global PR firm. It seemed like the dream. And I was able to also make lateral moves into new teams and, you know, I think with some of the changes that I made as amazing as they were, it created this kind of disconnect in between where I really wanted to be and where I was. So it's like, I was kind of getting opportunities to do different things, but those opportunities weren't really what excited me at a point. Like at a point I was just like, I'm looking at other people on different teams and they seem so much more excited about what they do than I felt. Mm. And I was in a place where I, I started to become, when I moved into a new team and office, I found myself in a very toxic work environment. And so I was unsupported by my boss. I felt stagnant as far as career growth. Um, We were working, you know, 50 plus hours a week sometimes from 7.30 a.m. to 7.30 p.m. And doing that on things that you don't care about can be very draining. And so I just found myself feeling so frustrated and so alone in that because it felt like everyone mm. thought that I was doing well and I thought that wow. I was happy. And so because I wasn't happy, I was like, who do I talk to when I have the job that people would be so grateful to have? So all of wow. those things kind of added up to why I was so unhappy. Wow. That's so good. It's like, who do I talk to when I, it looks like I have the job that I, everybody desires, but I don't like it. And I'm exactly. not happy doing exactly. it. That is the, <laughs> that's the weirdest position to be in because you never want to feel as if you're complaining, but then in the same token, you know, that there's more that you, you can do that you're a call to accomplish. So that's, oh, man. And out of that, out of that tough situation, here comes you developing purpose and giving people strategy to succeed recently. Okay. So now I want to transition into this article that I read. It's a Forbes article about, as you know, with the pandemic and everything, we've seen a lot of employment decline and we've seen a lot of employment job loss amongst women, which is what this podcast is about. It's for women. And it's about 5 million. The the statistic from the labor department of labor came back at 5 million women from the beginning of the pandemic to where we are right now, 5 million women have lost their job. But what was also start, what was so interesting and what's kind of devastating in a way is we are seeing that women cannot get back into the job market about, they said about 40% of those women are struggling, have been out of work for six months or more, which means that they're not getting the interviews. They're not getting the positions. So now how, what advice do you give some, somebody, a woman who has fallen into this, who let's say lost their job in the pandemic, but is struggling to get back in, to get their resume seen and to get an interview to prove how amazing she is, how highly qualified she is for the job that she's applying for. 
Right. So one, if you're one of those women who is listening to that, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's me. I totally understand that. And I've helped so many different women, minority women, and a range of women in different industries, even in the middle of a pandemic, be able to navigate this successfully. And so one, it's important to know that you're not alone. And two, you can do this. And a lot of times when we read these statistics and we are faced with the reality that we're a part of those stats, it can feel like we're out of control. Like, oh my gosh, like everyone else is struggling with this. So obviously there's nothing I can do to change my circumstances. Or obviously the pandemic is, I'm just going to have to wait the pandemic out before I can actually make the results and change that I want in my life. And I I believe that that's a very reactive um, approach to your career. And so I'm all about really learning how can you take control of your career and be in the driver's seat of your your life and what you want out of your career. And so what that means is like rather than just because while there is unfortunately so many women who are out of work, who are struggling to land a new job, there are also other women who are just as great as the women that the women who are struggling getting jobs that they love. And so rather than kind of just focusing on this very, very sad and um very unfortunate statistic. How can you start to reframe your thoughts to become one of those women who are being able to land amazing jobs, who are standing out, who are moving forward? Because whether or not you're not you're in that category yet doesn't mean that you can never be in that position. And so what I say to that is like really asking yourself, how can I better position myself so that I'm showing up as an asset, so that I'm bypassing the competition, so that I'm clear on what I deserve and why I deserve it, so that I can communicate confidently what I can bring to the table. And what are the steps that I can practically take so that when I do apply for the jobs that are out there, I'm increasing my chances of getting responses. I'm increasing my chances of getting interviews. I'm increasing my chances of getting hired. And so those are the things that I would recommend thinking about and working toward so that you don't just find yourself in a, in a, in a position where you just feel stuck and like you're out of control, but really switching that mindset and t- taking on the more tactical piece of being better at presenting yourself and your skill set so that you do get in front of the line and move forward. That's so good. Um, so you mentioned that there are steps that we can take. What steps do you advise, let's say, anyone who's sitting in front of you to take to better presenting themselves from paper, you know, because I, I do st- recruiting also for like mm-hmm. colleges. And I always tell people the interview doesn't start when you sit in front of me. The right. interview starts when I see your resume, when that mm-hmm. resume hits my desk, when you pick up the phone or you send me an email, I'm already vetting whether or not you're a great candidate. So right. what steps would you say become that any woman or any person should take to get them experienced women, and we're talking about women who have lost their jobs who are experienced, what steps should they take for them to land that dream job, that job that they're like, man, if I could just get my foot in this door, I would kill it. I would be the best fit for this job. What steps would you recommend them taking? Yeah. So funny enough, a lot of people think that the first step to getting a job is like putting their resume together and sending it out. And in reality, that is not the right first step. The right first step is getting crystal clear clarity on where you want to be next. And so there are so many reasons why this is important. And 
given the fact that if you are in a situation where maybe you have lost your job or you have used this pandemic as maybe a, a wake-up call to, th- to realize you don't want to do what you're doing anymore, this is a great opportunity for you to really think, what do I want to do? Because when you really get that clarity on where you want to be and what your next career move looks like, you're able to actually increase your focus on your job search. You're able to be more targeted on what you're looking for. And you're able to be a better candidate because you'll be able to be more aligned with the roles that you're finding. So that would be number one, getting crystal clear clarity on where you want to be so that you can find more roles that align with that and better position yourself more accurately for those jobs. Number one. (laughs) That's really good. So clarity, it starts with clarity. Like, ah, man, I mean, a lot of us are just, we take things just because they're available. Right. And that's really, so you're saying, don't do that. Don't just take the job because it pays well. (laughs) And you know, it's a higher paying job. It's become clear as to what your end goal is. Yes. I mean, and this is a problem that women especially deal with, I believe, because as women, we're taught to like, you know, do what we got to do, right? Like Mm -hmm. figure it out, you know, especially when you're a woman who's good at doing great things, you work hard, you show up, you can learn the stuff, you're willing to put in the work and it can get easy to fall in the trap of doing what you're good at and not really doing what you love to do. And so I always recommend what, that's really why I recommend getting crystal clear on what you want, because if you don't, you'll get into that habit of looking at job descriptions like, oh, I can make this work, opposed to to does this really align with my career goals and where I see myself? And so absolutely, I definitely recommend really taking a look at, look at not just what you're good at, but where you really want to be and what you really would love to do. I love what you just said, because I think a lot of times we don't realize that we basically try to make our skill sets fit the job description. We're just like, okay, I think that I can do this, but even though it doesn't, it's something that doesn't interest us, something that Mm -hmm. we would not be caught dead doing. We're just like, I think I can manage, but then it's more so like, okay, but do you want to get stuck someplace that you don't feel like you're fulfilling the purpose, Mm -hmm. the thing inside of you that you're called to do. And it's kind of like, how do I then reframe that? I love that. And I, I I feel like I run into that so much where it's like, I'm like, man, you are qualified to do something totally different from what you're interviewing for. Um, But I think, like you said, a lot of women, we just, you said society tells us settle. It's okay. Mm-hmm. You'll be all right. Just do what you gotta mm-hmm. do. You know, you don't need you don't need all that extra stuff. You don't need right. to face the dream. Settle. But mm-hmm. you're basically reframing people's mind and reframing millennials' mind to say, no, just as they're interviewing you, you're interviewing them. Right. You know whether or not this is a good fit. Like, right. am I going to be a good fit for your company? And are you gonna be a good fit for my dreams? Exactly. For my purpose. So that's so good. And I know we were talking right before we got on here recording and you listed clarity being number one, you listed five steps. I want you, if you could just run through those five steps, because I feel as if like you said them and I was right here taking notes and I'm like, man, (laughs) this, this is because I have seen it where women will sit in front of me. Like I said, I do recruiting and women will sit, sit in front of me and I'm like, you are underselling yourself. Yeah. You are way, A, if you realized how great you were, you will realize that you're probably overqualified for right. this position. Right. 
but we undersell ourselves. So if you could do me a favor and just run through <laughs> those five steps, because I'm telling you, I was free just listening to you say it. And I wrote them down for myself. I want you to share it because I feel like somebody else on the other side of this, when they hear them and they hear you like liberate them to realize that A, you're overqualified, you're extremely experienced, and you need to be understanding that you are interview. You're also an interviewer when you're sitting in the interview because you have a lot to bring to the table. I feel like people are going to be set free. So I'm going to give it over to you. You do the five steps and I'll be writing here. <laughs> yes. And so I want to add to what you said before I even share the, the other four steps is you are, you just gave a um, proof of why getting crystal clear on what you want is not only beneficial for your career long-term, but for your job search process, for the hiring process. Because if you as a recruiter is looking on the other side of like, you're better than this, or I don't think that we should hire you for this because you can do better, then that's another reason why so many women find themselves not getting responses. Not because you're not qualified, but because you're applying for the wrong jobs, because you're settling, you haven't got clear on what you want, and you're just putting fillers out there. And so, yeah, I love what you said, because I think that it's just another confirmation for why getting crystal clear on what you want is beneficial for you to actually get to the next step in your job search and get the job that you want. And so once you get crystal clear, the second step is changing your story. And so a lot of times people think that the same language that they use to get the jobs that they've gotten in the past are what they can use to get the next job. So for instance, you're, you haven't gotten a senior role yet. Maybe you've been in uh, the mid-level of your career and you're ready to take that next step to that senior position, but you keep talking about, you keep talking about yourself as a supporting act. You know, you keep talking about yourself as someone who, um, who's the person who gets delegated the task. Like you don't take ownership of the fact that you are a leader. You don't talk about the, the fact that even if you don't have a leadership title on your resume, how you have helped and supported your team and led them to some finished product. And so not really, not changing your story can also hold you back because you're not positioning yourself as the asset that you can be now. And so even if you haven't been employed for six months or however long your situation may look like, you still have valuable things that you can talk about in your previous experience. And so you have to begin to really unearth that and really think about how can I change this and break up with the language that I may be used at my other company or that I may have used in my past industry and really start to adapt to the where I'm wanting to go so they understand that my experience is relevant. And then the third thing is that once you start putting yourself out there I, want, I recommend copying the culture. And so what that means is that don't just focus on the responsibilities of the jobs that you want, but when you're putting together your resume, when you're thinking about your LinkedIn profile, and when you're even going you know, into that place where you're going to start positioning yourself as the asset in the interviews, really thinking about why you know you would be a great fit for their company and why you feel like you'll be a great fit for the culture. How can you be a great addition? Really thinking about how you can then talk about what they do and why that aligns with you. So don't just focus too much on just doing the responsibilities, but also think about how you can be a great cultural fit for the roles that you're interested in. And number four would be to connect with real humans. So even now in the middle of a pandemic, you can still connect with people from your computers and your phone. So really think about how you can connect with people, even if you don't know anyone now, and really expand your network. And I always say like, you don't have to be um, weird or awkward or feel like transactional when you're networking. I base, I recommend, and I teach my clients how to build authentic 
genuine connections with people you would love and genuinely want to know. And so these are people who I recommend wanting, you would want to reach out to, even if they weren't job search, even if you weren't job searching. So think about people who you're already inspired by their story. Maybe they are also um, moms re-entering to the workforce. Oh, or they've been moms who successfully been able to work while being growing, you know, parenting. Like think about people who you would love to talk to who are doing similar things in their careers that align with where you are and where you want to be and start building those relationships because networking is so essential to being able to land that next job that you want. And then the fifth piece is knowing how to close the loop. And so that really is confidently and communi- confidently communicating what you can do and what you bring to the table. And so a lot of times people approach their resume, their interviews, and every other piece of their job search just kind of saying like, oh my gosh, here's all the things I've done. I hope you see how amazing I am and hire me. But what you really want to do instead is be able to close the loop, which is being able to say, here's what I can do for you. Here are all the things I've done and why it matters to you. This is why my experience will be essential to the role based on what you are saying that you need for this position. And so really closing that loop and building and connecting the dots for the employer in your interview, in your resume, and all assets of your application process is really what's going to help you stand out and eliminate the guesswork because recruiters and hiring managers, they don't want to guess about who they should hire. They want to know like they're making the best decision. And so the best way you can help them make the best decision is by confidently and consistently communicating what you can do in a way that aligns what they're looking for so that you become, you become the person who's memorable and stands out for the job. Men, ladies, I don't know if you heard those five steps, but now I understand how your clients have landed jobs with such high, like, industries and in with HBO, with Google, like you have a wealth, you're like a wealth of knowledge because I have seen the, the struggle that women go through when they sit in front of me to properly, properly communicate the asset that they are. I even struggle with communicating the asset that I am when I'm sitting and, and, you know, interviewing for a position because sometimes Mm -hmm. you're afraid. You're like, I don't Mm -hmm. want to sound too cocky, but listen, you are a gift. And I think when Mm -hmm. we understand that and break through that mentality of we're not enough and realize that we are more than enough, I think it becomes easier for us just to properly communicate what we bring to the table how we're going to be an asset, um, how we're going to change the industry, what we can add, what can you add? And I think, man, I'm I'm listening to this and I'm like, I'm probably going to have to re-listen to this and take some notes so that I can also make my moves. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love that. And I think what you said is spot on as far as like um, women feeling too cocky or not wanting to come across as bragging or arrogant. And I think... One of the shifts that I recommend is that when you feel like that, when you're afraid of coming across as cocky or um, bragging or arrogant, you're still making it about you. And that's the problem. You know, when you're Mm -hmm. thinking about it that way, you're thinking about yourself. And in reality, the job has nothing to do with you. It has to do with the problem they're looking to solve. And so when you kind of get out of yourself and say, okay, I need to tell them what I can do so that they can know that I can solve their problems, then it changes everything because then you're like, how can I better help them understand who I am so that they know that I can alleviate their issues? And I think that that's a much healthier perspective on how to talk about yourself because we've been taught to help, right? Like we're helping 
nurturers. We're innate. Like, that's our natural instinct. And so when you think about it as me, the better I am at communicating myself, the better I will be at helping them then you're able to really uh, like take away that pressure of coming off as con- or as cocky or arrogant and really just say, I need to make sure I give them the best information so they can decide that I am the best person for them. That's so good. That is so good. I feel as if you just let somebody feel confident enough to say, okay, I will apply for that position and I, <laughs> I, I can get the interview. So mm-hmm. thank you so much. That was so good. And I have one, I have another question for you. So yeah, we're talking about women who lost their job. That means they've been in the workforce before, but what about, let's say the stay at home mom, the mom who's been out of work for a while, but due to this pandemic is going to be looking they have to re-enter the workforce. Mm-hmm. What is your advice to that person, that mom, let's say, or that woman who has been out of work, has been doing their own thing on the side for a while? Because I know that I've seen where a lot of women find it hard to communicate how their skills at home transfer into the workplace or their skills as an entrepreneur can transfer and make them the best fit for the company. What advice can you give that woman? So ideally, if you're a stay-at-home mom, most times you probably had some level of experience before you entered into motherhood. And if you, and sometimes, like you said, you're maybe doing something on the side, maybe you do volunteer in some ways, or maybe you do have your side business, um, or you do consulting that is less part-time that you're not able, you know, you're not doing a full-time, but there's something that you might be doing that still aligns with where you want your career to go. And so I would recommend one, I would say that job searching is 80% mindset and 20% tactics. And so 80% of it, of the leap is not making it such a leap, right? When you kind of feel like it's such a big deal and you are such a burden and your experience is so terrible, then you're only going to communicate that to other people. Mm -hmm. And so really making sure that you one kind of take that burden off your shoulder and really start to see how your experience is valuable. And one of the ways that you can do that on a practical side is talking to people who have, who are on the other side. You are not the first mom who decided to stay at home for her kids and who's wanting to enter the workforce again. And you're definitely not the first mom who has decided to stay home for her kids, who wants to re-enter the workforce and who wants to leave, let, like get into the particular type of role that you're wanting to do next. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things I always say is like, don't see yourself as a unicorn. Go and find people, women who have already done this and make them your mentors, make them your allies. Ask them questions, learn from them, because what you're going to find is that they're going to tell you, like, you can do this. And sometimes just hearing from people who actually walk the same path as you, telling you you can do this, is is enough encouragement to help you keep going. And then from there, you want to think about the same tactics and the same mindset principles that I shared earlier, as far as like, where do you want to be? And then how can you leverage the experience that you've had, not just the soft skills, but even the hard facts about what you even did before you were a stay-at-home mom, or the things that you've picked up on while being a stay-at-home mom and the other things that you've done in your in the in your part-time experiences, whatever that, that looks like for you, like leverage that. Use it as an opportunity rather than a liability. I always say like not think about how can you say that this is amazing because or that you're amazing because and not despite of whatever it is that you've mm. been experiencing. And that is one of or a couple of the different tips that I would recommend if you find yourself in that situation. 
That is so good because everything you said, that's like the truth, because I find that a lot of women that I would, that I interview, um, if they've been out of the workforce for a while will tell me, you know, I don't, I don't really, you know, I don't really know how to do that. But, um, and I'm like, uh, no, don't tell me that. Don't tell me you can't do what I'm asking you for because that's what the job requires. Right. And it's funny because I've had to stop interviews and say, listen to me, I need you to, we're going to restart this. And even if, because I always look at it as, men, if I don't tell you, I hope somebody else does. Mm. And I don't, I can't trust that the next person, the next interviewer is going to have the same um, emotional connection to you or the same uh, um, compassion for you that I can have and kind of prep you for your next interview. Though you may not get this position, I <laughs> want you to understand that you are a gift. And I've had to stop right. and really reframe the way they f- ask questions. Mm-hmm. And after an interview, after it's gone, I'll say to the woman and I'm like, hey, can I just give you a little advice? Mm-hmm. When you sit in front of people, you may not have done that thing directly, but speak to every skill set that somebody says, you know, be able to compute, blah, blah, blah. Let's say it says on a job description and they ask you a specific question directed to that. A lot of women will say to me, well, I don't really know how to use that database. So I don't think I can really do that. I've never done that before. And I'm like, no, think about ways in your everyday life that you compute numbers. Mm -hmm. Because all I'm asking is with every description with every bullet point is just a skill set I'm looking for. It's somebody Mm -hmm. who is either teachable and I will like I from firsthand experience, I've given people chances who presented themselves and communicated how much of an asset they're going to be for the company, even if they didn't have the direct skills I was looking for. Exactly. Because they sold me on the fact that if you get me in the door, I will learn and I will conquer for you. And I was like, sold. All right, you're hired. And it was like, (laughs) you're right. You're so, so right. It's like a lot of moms, we we basically disqualify. Yes, we disqualify (laughs) ourselves before we even have a chance to be kicked out the door. Right, right. It's so true. And I always say like, the hiring process is about building trust and you have to first trust yourself, believe in yourself so that other people can feel that same trust and belief in you as well. And that really is the simplest way to put it. And I also like you, before you can convince someone else to hire you, you have to first convince yourself. And so you have to do that work to really convince yourself that I'm worthy of this job. I'm great at this. I can do this. I, I can excel at this because I mean, how about other people who have less experience than you doing what you want to do? Yeah. <laughs> like, true. why not you? Why not you? The only reason why it's not you is because there's a level of disbelief that you're carrying and that, and it's showing up in how you're presenting yourself. Ooh, that's, ooh. Okay. <laughs> that right there. <laughs> that right there. That right there is about to set a whole list of women for, because it's the truth there's we're carrying in and we're showing like oh my gosh i couldn't have said it better we're carrying this belief and we're showing up with the disbelief so it's a baggage that's sitting next to us in interview mm-hmm. and like when we even put our resume and we send our resumes and we pick up the phone to speak to the recruiter they can hear it in your voice they don't yeah. have to see you because when they ask you a question you sound unsure right you sound you know, you sound kind of shaky and it's like, no, be confident in what you bring to the table. Because I, the other day I had to do this for work where 
my boss said to me like, oh, what do you do? Because you're going to be out soon. What do you do um, so that this way we know who to cover it? And I started listing on any given day. You'll probably think that I'm like, Anna, I don't do that much. But I started listing it. And I was like, man, mm-hmm. I am an asset. Right. I bring a lot to the table. And right. sometimes... Even if you're making that transition, one advice I know for myself that I would say to a mom also to add on top of all of the amazing things that you just told them is list all of the ways that you're an asset. List what you do. And once you start listing them, you start to see that, oh, I actually do data because by moving, you know, doing a budget, doing it in an Excel, mm-hmm. I have soft skills for Excel and I use Word and I can mm-hmm. learn. And there are things that you can learn even by just being at home. So don't disqualify yourself. Longer short of that story. Don't disqualify yourself. Oh, because right. you bring a lot to the table. But what is that one advice as we're closing up? What is that one advice that you're like, man, I wish more women knew this? as they're determining what is the right path for them? I would say the thing that comes to mind right now is that, and it goes along with the idea of disqualifying yourself. A lot of people, a lot of women downplay themselves and downsell themselves because they find that what they're, what they do is easy. Mm. And so what that means is like, do you think because it's easy, you're not an expert at it or because it comes naturally to you and you're not talented at it or because you are able to get this done in 15 minutes, it's not an asset. And I think that that's such a, a tremendous way to just downplay your skill set and your abilities because there are people who wish they can do some of the things that you do as easily as you do it but because you're too busy saying i get it done so easy or it comes natural to me or i don't have to think about it or it's not hard you're not able to really deliver the fact that you're an expert at that particular thing and so i would say that my last piece of advice is don't equal easy to um unnecessary right like don't think that just because it's easy it's not necessary it's not beneficial it's not um, um, an amazing benefit, really start to think about what is it that I do that I'm good at, even if it's easy, and then really start to highlight that because those are things that people wish that they probably had someone to be able to do in 15 minutes or someone to be able to do without stressing themselves out the way that you're able to do it without stressing yourself out. And so really take about take a, take a, take a gander into that sector as well as you start thinking about what you want to do, what you're good at, and what you can deliver and bring to the table. Wow. Wow. That's so good. I think you just helped me because I, we all say that, oh yeah, it's easy for me to do. And so we, you're right. We downplay our skills. We downplay the gifts that we are to the world. And thank you so much, man. You're so welcome. Thank you so much. (laughs) And how can people find you if they're looking for someone to guide them on a career path as they're making the change or re-entering the workforce, this is the person you need to be calling. This is the person you need to be speaking to before you even put out one resume. (laughs) You guys need to contact her because I feel as if you're going to, she's going to get you straight and you're going to get the interview. So how can they find you? Yeah. So if you want to work with me, you can go to employeeredefined.com. And then on that, on my website, you can click the work with me page and you can even grab my free guide. So lots of resources. And if you're interested in following me on on Instagram, you can find me at the new employees. Wow. Thank you so much, Adam, for for Miss Atisha for sitting with us. It's just been amazing. Thank you so, so much. I cannot 
I can't wait to hear all of the stories of people coming out of where they were and just getting the jobs that they deserve and landing the dream jobs that they were called to do. So thank you once again. You're you're so welcome. And I'm excited to hear the stories as well. (laughs) All right. Thank you for listening in to yet another episode of the Raw Mama podcast. I hope that you left this episode feeling inspired, encouraged, and motivated to pursue and live out the fullness of God's purpose for your life. If you haven't done so already, please be sure to like, subscribe, review, and share this podcast. And throughout the week, you can always find me on Instagram and it is at Roaring underscore mama. Let's have a conversation. DM me. Let's talk a little. Let's have a chat. Yeah, we'll chat. Um, And like always, do not forget to roar because your raw matters.